All right. Um, go ahead, please. James, sorry, John chapter 10, verse 41. Okay, please take, take that again. Okay, this is John 10, 41, yeah? Yes, please. Okay, so then many came to him and said, mm -hmm. John performed no sign. For all the things that John spoke about this man were true. Sure. Great. So That's this was talking about, yeah, thank you very much. So this is talking about John the Baptist, right? And the Bible records that, um, um, if, that John the Baptist performed no miracle, right? However, everything that he said was true, meaning there was no lie, there was integrity. He was a man of integrity. And everything that he prophesied was accurate. Everything that he said was accurate. His lifestyle was, was full of integrity and it was worth emulating, okay? Um, in fact, in the place, Jesus Christ said to them that of all that are born of women, none is greater than John the Baptist. Imagine that this is from Jesus Christ. So this is Jesus' assessment about a man, that of all that are that was born of all prophets, born of, of women, none was greater than John the Baptist. Yet, the Bible says John performed no miracle. Now, that may sound, um, you know, that may sound, that may, that may, that's a testament. Well, let me not say if it's a good or bad testament, but it's a testament, right? Um, but John performed no miracle. So I want us to see, look at something for that. So if you had Luke chapter 1, verse 16 and 17, read for us, so I can show us something. Luke chapter 1, verse 16 and 17. Yes, please. And he would persuade many in Israel mm -hmm. to convert and turn back to the Lord their God. He will go before the Lord as a forerunner with the same power and anointing as Elijah the prophet. He will be an instrument in turning the hearts of the fathers in tenderness back to their children and the hearts of disobedience back to the wisdom of their righteous father. And he will prepare a united people who are ready for the Lord's appearing. Praise God. Thank you very much for that. So this testimony, this prophecy rather, was given, what we just read in Luke chapter 1, was given concerning John the Baptist. And from his birth, right, the angel announced that this is the life that John the Baptist was going to live, pretty much laying out his, his purpose on earth and how he was going to operate. And part of his um, operation, he said that he was going to operate in the power, in the spirit and in the power of Elijah. Meaning that when John, in fact, later on, Jesus Christ told his disciples that, um, I mean, in, in, in scriptures, there's the, a the prophecy that the Jews always held on to, that Elijah was going to come again, right? And John, Jesus Christ told the disciples that John the Baptist was the Elijah that was supposed to come. Meaning John was to come in the spirit and in the power of Elijah, all right? Now, how did Elijah operate? We won't go into that, um, but we can find his, the story of Elijah in first in first Kings, book of first Kings. Elijah was a man of miracles, all right? Several miracles, um, um, raising the dead, um, smiting, parting the water, calling down fire from heaven, different things. Elijah was a man of miracle. But John chapter 10, verse 41, lets us know that John the Baptist did no miracle. That means there was a problem. That means there's a disconnect between the prophecy God gave him and then the way he actually lived his life, all right? And Yet, John chapter 4, verse 10, verse 41 says that 
even though he performed no miracles, yet he was a man of integrity. Everything he said was true. We can pretty much summarize that to say he was a man of character. Okay, people trusted his statements. In fact, trusted his statements so much that when the king wanted to hear the truth, the king would leave him and go to the prison, would leave the palace rather, and go to the prison where John the Baptist was and listen to John the Baptist because he knew John the Baptist was a man of integrity and will always tell the truth. John the Baptist was not scared of telling you you are wrong or, or telling anybody, including the king, that you are wrong. In fact, that's what got him into trouble in the first place. All right? So John was a man of character, flawless, great man, full of integrity. However, he performed no miracles. Even though performing miracles was, was supposed to be part and parcel of his assignment, all right, because he was to come in the spirit and in the power of Elijah. So I don't know why he performed no miracles, but we know that he didn't perform any miracles because... Um, the Bible says so. So there's, this is the second case study. A believer, right, who is full of character but no charisma. A believer who is full of um, character but no, no, di no dimension of the manifestations of the Spirit of God, okay? And we're going to look at the, we're going to discuss the implications of, of this, all right? But this is the second possibility. The first possibility is a believer who is full of power but no character. And, and we, we talked on this um, briefly last week. So please, again, I encourage you to go back and get the um, listen to the podcast. So the first possibility is a believer who is full of power, who has anointing, can call down fire from heaven, but doesn't have the character of the spirit. The second, second possibility is a believer who has character, who is full of integrity and all of that, but no... Um, no manifestations of spirit, no charisma. And I'll show you why, why, it is, why miracles are important, okay? So please read, whoever is there, please read Matthew chapter 11, verse 23 and 24. If you're there, please do read for us Matthew chapter 11, verse 23 and 24. Anyone there, please help out. Um, anyone, anyone, anyone? Matthew eleven twenty three. Okay. And Papanium, do you really think you'll be exalted because of the great miracles I have done? No. You'll be brought down to the depths of hell because of your rejection of me. For if the miracles I walked in the streets were done in Sodom, it would still be standing today. But I tell you, it would be more bearable for the region of Sodom the day of judgment than it will be for you. Praise Jesus. So this was Jesus Christ speaking and he was addressing the, the city called Capernaum. And he said to them that, if, in essence, he said to them that you're, you, are more, you are implicated deeply because of all the miracles that are performed in, in your city. He also said that if these miracles that I performed were performed in Sodom and Gomorrah, they would have repented. Meaning that what Sodom and Gomorrah lacked in the in their in their in the in their society that would have convinced convinced them was the was was manifestation of miracles. If they had seen miracles, if they had seen um, dimensions of the spirit in that regard, manifestations and demonstrations of the spirit, they would have believed God. But because there was nothing like that, I, 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 I'm assuming in Lot's evangelism curriculum, he did not factor in the miraculous. So they did not believe anything Lot said because the Bible says 
Lot, as a righteous man, was tormented in his righteous soul by all the evil that was going on on them. So even if he tried evangelizing to them, without miracles, they wouldn't have repented. And yet, Jesus Christ is telling the city of Capernaum that, I have done miracles in your city, yet people are rejecting my message. That means on the day of judgment, your judgment will be more grievous than the people of Sodom and Gomorrah, because if the people of Sodom and Gomorrah had seen all these miracles, they would have repented. So while it is, it sounds like a good compliment, when we read John chapter 10, verse 41, where he says that John performed no miracles, yet everything he said was true, it might sound like a compliment, but it reveals a deficiency. Because miracles are, are an essential part of our evangelism. The manifesting the power of the Spirit, demonstrating the dimensions of the Spirit of God is a crucial part of our evangelism. And that's why Jesus Christ didn't preach without performing miracles. He pre-taught, he healed the sick, he cast out demons, all right? And he preached the good news, okay? So this is a dimension, again, a believer that is full of, is has a good, good character, has great character, he's... He's impeccable, he's flawless, his words are true, he has integrity, but yet there is no charisma, there is no manifestation of the Spirit of God, all right? So that's one possibility. However, how does God want us to operate, okay? So I'm going to look at the third case study, and our case study is, is the man Daniel. So let someone please read for us Daniel chapter 6, verse 1 to 10. Please, by the way, I encourage everyone to read, I mean, as much as you can um as much as you can your environment allows you to speak right i know some of us might be in noisy areas or probably on our way home but if you're not please um those the honors of reading so daniel chapter 6 verse 1 to 10 daniel chapter 6 verse 1 to 10 if you are there please go ahead and read for us okay praise god hallelujah it pleased Dairus to set over the kingdom mm -hmm. and 120 princes, which should be over the whole kingdom, and over these three presidents, of whom Daniel was first, that the princes might give account unto them, and the king should have no damage. Then this Daniel was preferred um, above the presidents and princes, because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king thought to set him over the whole realm. Then the presidents and the princes sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could not find none occasion nor fault. For as much as he was faithful, neither was there any error or fault found in him. Then said this man, we shall not find any occasion against this Daniel, except we find it against him concerning the law of his God. Then these presidents and princes assembled together to the king and said, Thus unto him, King Darius, live forever. All the presidents of the kingdom, the governors and the princes, the counselors and the captains have consulted together to establish a royal statute and to make a firm decree that whosoever shall ask a petition of any god or man for 30 days, save of thee, O king, it shall be cast into the den of lions. Now, O king, establish the decree and sign the writing that it 
it be not changed according to the law of the medis and patients which alter red notes. Wherefore, King Darius signed the writing and the decree. Now, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house and his windows being open in his chamber towards Jerusalem. He knelt upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God. And he did a full time. Praise God. Yeah, thank you very much for that. Um, as we do a long reading, um, but thanks for that. So I wanted us to read this story. And in fact, there's a lot more caution for us to read from this that I didn't include. But the case of Daniel is an interesting case. Daniel is an interesting person because if you read verse four, the Bible says that there was no fault found in him. There was no error or, found, or fault found in him, in him. And he was a faithful person. So Daniel grew and in the ranks of politics and the king had it in mind to set him over the whole province, over the whole provinces and over the whole presidents, right? And um, the, the, of course, they were, like we say, they were haters. He had haters in his, in, among his colleagues. And they wanted a way to bring him down. But they saw that if it was based on his character, based on his, his work ethics, based on, on those things, they would never find a fault in him. And everybody knew that Daniel was a man of character. He was a, a man of integrity, all right? And so they said, the only way we can trap this man is by, by his religion, because we also know that he's a very religious man. He follows his God wholeheartedly. So they went up and, and created a degree, a decree, and then they lured the, the king into it, um, you know, caressing the king's ego, saying nobody should pray to any other God for 30 days. They should all pray to you. And the king felt like, oh, that makes me feel very important that he signed it and agreed to it. And then if you read the story further down, you see how Daniel was delivered. But I just want to point out two things. Number one, the character of Daniel. Verse 4 tells us that he was faithful and neither was there any error of, of fault found in him. So that re reflected his character. His character was that was a blameless one. I mean, in fact, for the enemies to admit, you know, it's one thing for your friends to say, no, I trust, I trust Victor, I trust Victor. Then it's a different thing when your enemies say, all, we all of us, we trust Victor, even though we don't like him, but we trust him. So it was the case of Daniel that even the people that didn't like him knew that his character was, was flawless, okay? And then verse 10, then reveals to us Daniel's spiritual disposition. It says that after the decree was made, in fact, verse, verse 10 says, now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, you know, Daniel was, was stubborn in a positive direction, okay? He saw that the decree had been signed and nobody should pray to another God. But he said to himself, this is my, my life. This, my life is in the spirit. I can't stop praying because of the decree. And he said, when he saw that it was signed, he was different enough and went to pray. And um, the people, of course, came and caught him and, and set him up that way. But this re reflected Daniel's uh, disposition spiritually. And it shows us that he was a man of charisma. And how do I know that? If you go to the previous chapter, chapter 5, um, there was a handwriting on the wall. Nobody could interpret it. Mene, mene, teke, ufasin. Nobody could interpret it. But the queen said there's a man who had an excellent spirit. And he has the spirit of the gods. You know, they didn't have a, they, they, were, they were pagan worshippers. So they didn't know God Almighty. And they had to describe him that way that, this man carried the spirit of the gods and the spirit of gods lived inside of him. And Daniel came and interpreted what, what, what nobody else could, could interpret. That was a charismatic demonstration. 
So Daniel showed us a balance of character and charisma. And I believe this should be the disposition of every believer, all right? So this is what I want us to discuss uh, moving forward. So next, uh, one next slide. So character versus charisma. Last week we touched a bit on this, but I want us to go um, deeper and more systematic today, all right? So this have a discussion question for us. Good, my discussion question is this, how do we differentiate between character and charisma, all right? How do we differentiate between character and charisma? So I'm going to stop sharing my slide for a bit and then so I can see everyone very well. Okay, so how do we differentiate between character and charisma? Um, at least based on, based on the case studies we have explored so far. Anyone wants to help us? Or should I flow by the Spirit? So what I mean basically is, so what are, Okay, let me rephrase the question. What, what are the, I'm going to sound, I'm going to use a tautology now, but what are the characteristics of character and what are the characteristics of charisma, right? So how do we differentiate character and um, charisma? Anyone wants to go and help us? Please feel free, no answer. I mean, this is Bible study, so no answer is wrong. Share what's in your hearts and let us learn from each other. Okay. Hi, everyone. Hi, Charity. Okay. Um, character is who you are, while charisma is how people perceive you hmm. to be. Right. Thank so, you. character is who you are, charisma yeah. is how people perceive you to be. Okay. Yes. Okay. Great. Great. Thank you very much for that. Thanks. Um, before I take the next response, um, I just want to put it in context. Um, in context of what we've discussed so far, so spiritually speaking now, yes. Spiritually speaking now, so character from a spiritual perspective, charisma from a spiritual perspective as well. All right. Next person wants to help us. How do we, what's the difference between charisma and character? Anyone wants to give us a shot? Anyone wants to try? It doesn't have to be perfect answer. It doesn't have to be correct. Um, give us a try. Give us a try. Uh, let me see if I can call on someone. I know we have the answers. We're just um, waiting for the spirit to move us. So let me represent the spirit. Um, Benjamin, do you want to help us out? What's the difference between character and charisma from your understanding? Um, Benjamin, are you there? Yep. Hey, Victor, how are you doing? I'm fine. Good evening. Good evening, everyone. Uh, man, you just caught me off guard there. <laughs> um, spiritually, really, I can't... Um, I'm trying to wrap my head around how to... If you can define only one, that's, that's still fine. Well... For me, I, I don't know. I think I'm going to say um, the charisma is going to be something I'm going to synonymously say is faith. Okay. Like, um, it shows your tenacity towards something. Okay. Right. And as a Christian, I think we can equate that to faith because you would definitely always want to 
um, achieve something and you probably know that, oh yeah, you, you've done your best in terms of probably the physical part. And mm -hmm. then you then want to ride on the place of faith as a Christian. That mm -hmm. I just so believe that the door is going to open for me as I'm going into this thing or something like that. So I feel like faith would be equated to charisma. And then character would be in faith would be like probably the fruit of the spirit, right? Mm -hmm. Which is where it's human beings like um, human beings. You know, you respect everybody as human beings. Yeah. Uh, you nice, your your uh, your loving, irrespective of, irrespective of how you're being treated, you know, your your response is still love, right? And, um, you know, responding flesh, you know. So, yeah, spiritually, I'll say um, charisma is faith, and then um, character would be probably of the fruit of the spirit. Yeah. Awesome, awesome. Thank you very much for that, Benjamin. And sorry, I caught you off guard. Um, let's take one more or two more responses. Anyone wants to volunteer, or should I help you stay up your spirits? Um, just we'll take two more responses before we proceed. Difference between character and charisma. Okay, Emily, please go ahead. Hello, good evening, everyone. Good evening. Okay, so I know I didn't join at the beginning, but um, from what I got um, using Elijah, right? Mm -hmm. and John as an example I think character has to do with um, how good a Christian is like behavior and like Benjamin said um, you manifesting the fruit of the spirit you know just how you're how you're you know living out your Christian life the normal like like Christ coming out in you like just you know behaving like a Christian being Christ like in your nature let me put it that way um just like john but you 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 know you gave reference to john coming in the power of elijah but not using that power yeah right mm -hmm. and so um you i i don't know if i heard correctly but i think you said charisma has to do with like the power aspect you know um you pushing yourself saying um you're going to walk and manifest God's power. You know, you talk about miracles. I mean, I don't get the full scope of everything just yet, what you're saying. But I think one has to do with character, um, how good you are, and then the other one has to do with power. So I haven't fully really grasped it, but I think something like that. Okay, thank you. Thank you for that. That's a good one. Um, so stay tuned and you'll grasp the rest. One more person and then we proceed. Who wants to go? Um, difference between character and charisma. Um, who wants to help us? One more person before we go, before we proceed, rather. Um, should I call on Idara? Do you want to help us? Idara, are you there? Um, Idara, are you there? Do you want to help us? You're muted, just in case you're speaking. Okay, I'm not sure she's there. Um, Tosin, do you want to help us, please? What do you understand, or what could be the difference between character and charisma, spiritually speaking now? <clears throat> Excuse me. Tosin, are you there? You're muted. 
Tosin, okay, Tosin is in there as well. All right, so let us proceed. And again, thank you so much, Charity, Benjamin, and Emily for your contributions. Um, very, very, very helpful. So I'm going to proceed and see what, from my own little, you know, jottings, right? Let's let's explore the differences. And before we continue, right, why I want us to look at differences is not <clears throat> is not to show that one is better than the other, is to show the significance and the roles that they both play in the life of a believer, right? And just like we said from our case studies, God wants us to demonstrate both, okay? But let us see the role they play and uh, what, what differentiates them and then how to effectively blend both as we are ambassador of, ambassadors of Christ. Remember, our topic is ambassadors of Christ. And um, for us to be effective ambassadors, we need to have both character and charisma. Last week, we saw what an ambassador, who an ambassador is, and part of what we discussed is that an ambassador is the highest ranking official representing the president. And it is such an honor for God to call us ambassadors because that means we, we occupy the highest rank in his government and he's he's, we are representing him. Of all creatures he made, of all species, of all, all spiritual beings and physical beings, God gave us the privilege of being his ambassadors to adequately represent him. That is a huge privilege, all right? So we want to see how to, how to accurately represent him. And two things we need for that is character and charisma, okay? So let us proceed. Um, okay, so we're exploring the, exploring the differences between character and charisma, okay? <clears throat> so just a little definition here. And if you can look at the screen, um, please do so, so you can follow the, the conversation. All right, so here I put for a definition, character is the distinct internal work of the Holy Spirit in the believer's life that shapes his or her moral and behavioral qualities, all right? So I take that again. Character is the internal work of the Holy Spirit in the believer's life, life meaning that character, character is, is, is a process that occurs inward, okay? And this is the inworking um, activity of the Holy Spirit. So character is the internal work of the Holy Spirit in the believer's life that shapes his moral and behavioral qualities. You know, just like Emily said, um, 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 character is how you define a person, what who a person is. That is the person's character. And the same way we have properties of, of let's say, qualities of a living thing or qualities of, a, of fire or qualities of water and all of those, we have the qualities of a person is what defines his character. And so character is that is what the Holy Spirit works in a believer's life and produces, okay, in terms of those qualities. Whereas charisma is the, sorry, I'm going to move this up. So charisma is the external display and manifestation of the Holy Spirit. So when the Holy Spirit manifests ex externally, all right, that is referred to as charisma. By the way, the Greek, um, the Greek, Charisma is gotten from the Greek word, and in the Greek, it means it means gifts. Okay, so charisma means gift, um, gifts, or charis rather means gifts, and it's from there that we get the English word charisma. All right, so charisma comes from the Greek word charis, and charis means a gift. Okay, so the charisma is the external display and manifestation of the Holy Ghost. All right, for example, spiritual gifts, healings, miracles, um, speaking in tongues, and the likes. Okay, so when we say Character and charisma 
in the believer for the purpose of this study we are referring to um character referring to the internal work of the holy spirit charisma we are referring to the external display and manifestations of the holy spirit okay and again these two things are these two dimensions are, are super super important for a believer right so one is not better than the other they are just, just think of your two legs you work with two legs is it possible to work with one leg yes but you will be limping, right? It's the same way if a believer works with only character, he'll be limping. If a believer works with only charisma, he'll be limping. But when you work with both character and charisma, then you work properly, right, in the faith. So let's proceed. Um, character, um, one of, while we're doing differences now, we're comparing and contrasting, okay? So character is developed over time and it cannot be transferred. I believe this is self-explanatory. You know, when, when, when we see a child and we say, oh, this child doesn't have character, and but he's the, the sibling, let's say, let's say there are two brothers. Um, brother one doesn't have character, but brother two has character. And first thing we notice is that even though they are they are brothers, but their characters cannot be transferred between each other. Okay, they may have similar genes or similar physical features but the character can be different, all right? And character is developed over time. So character is, in, character is not instantaneous. Character doesn't just fall from heaven. When God is building a believer's character, um, God doesn't just give the believer a supernatural manifestation and, and then character automatically appears, no. Um, and that's why even when people give their lives to Christ, although salvation is instantaneous, the salvation of, of our spirit is instantaneous, but the development of our character is progressive. So, if a believer um, was, if a believer had a, had a, had a, um, had impatience, right? If a believer was impatient before he gave his life to Christ, the day he gave his life to Christ, he will not automatically become patient. It will take the working of the Holy Spirit within his heart to build patience over time, and so that so that he becomes a patient person. Right? The same thing too. The believer was um, was. Um, let's say if you had anger issues now it will take the workings of the holy spirit over time to deal with that anger issues so that the person can become more mature and and, and be set free from that so character is developed over time and also it cannot be transferred so for instance if a father if a man is a pastor and he has a very great character but then his son is let's say his son is a teenager it's possible for the child to have a bad character even though the father has a good character and unfortunately, well, we see a lot of pastors' children with, with bad characters, right? Um, and no matter how much the father loves the child, he cannot impact his character on the child. He can exemplify character, but he cannot impact it, meaning that the man's actions can display character for the child to see, but he cannot impute that character automatically on the child, right? So character is developed over time, but, and it cannot be transferred. However... Charisma can be imparted and operated instantly, meaning the, the operations of the spirit can be transferred, right? Can, can be transferred through impartation. And once they are imparted, they can begin to manifest immediately. Okay? So, for instance, spiritual gifts. If we are in a service, for instance, and we're praying together, and we're, trust, we're, we're, we're believing God for the manifestation of the of spiritual gifts, when God imparts those gifts on us, immediately, we can begin to demonstrate those gifts, right? One of the very um, simple and, and practical examples is when we pray for people to be filled with the Spirit, 
right, to be baptized with the Holy Ghost. That is a that is a gift. The Bible explains to us that um, that Spirit of God is a gift. We're not going deep into that. All right. So when people pray to be filled and baptized in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit comes upon them, and instantly they start speaking in tongues. They don't need to wait for some days or for some weeks or for some months before they begin to speak in tongues. It happens instantaneously. Okay, that's because it is a charismatic expression. It is a gift-based operation. So again, just to help us in our conversation, right? When you hear the word charisma, remember that it comes from the word charis, which means gifts, right? So when I say charisma, just think of gifts in your mind. Okay, so charisma can be imparted. Um, if, a, if, a, if, a, if a person is operating in the, in the, in the gift of healings, right, and somebody desires to operate in that gift of healing, he can be prayed for and the, there'll be an impartation of that gift of healing. And the very next day, that person that just got imparted would go and manifest the gift of healing, right? And, and pray for people and they'll be healed instantly by the operations of the gift of healing. Okay, so charisma can be imparted and can be operated upon instantly. However, character cannot be operated, okay? Um, and it has to be developed over time, all right? Uh, so I need to look at time. Okay, we might not exhaust our study today, but let's proceed. All right, next difference is that character is, is the result of the fruit of the Spirit. And um, Benjamin mentioned that as well as Emily as well. So character is a result of the fruit of the Spirit. You know, Jesus Christ said in John chapter, chapter 15, he says that he, um, he is the vine, we are the branches, all right? And when we look at a, at a tree, for instance, the, the fruits don't grow on the vine. The fruits grow on the branches, okay? So character is a result of the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit means the Holy Ghost working in our human spirit, producing in us certain kind of qualities or, or certain kind of behavioral, uh, behavioral or moral qualities, okay? So um, character is the result of that. And when we look at Galatians chapter 5, Verse 22, let us read that quickly. That just goes to list out the fruit of the Spirit. Um, and we, we, we touched on this last week as well. So let me just read that quickly. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. It says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, temperance against such there is no law now like i said last week if i call if someone tells you if, if for instance someone comes to me and says oh they have a, a colleague that is of, of a very good character i'll say oh wow are you serious wow tell me more about this colleague and then the person goes on to say say wow this is my colleague he's so patient in the office even when when there's fire on the mountain he's so patient he doesn't yell he doesn't shout he doesn't lose temper he's so self-controlled he shows love when he comes and people are, are in need of help here. He helps them. He, he's, um, he's faithful and diligent in his work. Everything that, that this person will tell me, you can be found under the fruit of the Spirit. So character is the development of the fruit of the Spirit in the believer's life. All right? The character, let me say that again, is the development of the fruit of the Spirit in the believer's life. Right? However, charisma is a gift. It is gift-based. So and now this ties in with the previous point we made, but it's important to also to note again that charisma is gift-based. So whereas character is, is a result of the fruit of the Holy Spirit, 
Charisma is um, based on the gift of the Holy Spirit. Okay? So character is based on the fruit of the Spirit. Charisma is based on the gift of the Spirit. Okay? Meaning the, the, the release and the, and the impartation of the Spirit. And like I said earlier, that can begin to manifest instantly and, um, and you can begin to practice it immediately. However, character is, is a, the result of a fruit of the Spirit. Just like the, the tree... It doesn't, the first day you plant a tree is not the day you begin to eat of its fruits. You have to wait for some time, wait for the fruits to grow. It is the same way also character is. The day we receive the Holy Spirit is not, the, is not that same day our character will automatically be perfect. In fact, till we go to heaven, we will always be working on our character. And the fruit will keep getting better and bigger and you know, more, more juicy than before. All right? So character is a result of the fruit of the Spirit. Charisma is a result of the of the gift of the spirit, it is gift based. And when you look at First Corinthians chapter twelve, verse verse four, I will just read that again quickly. First Corinthians chapter twelve, we will look at verse four. It says, "Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit." All right. So I just want to point out from that scripture that it is gift based. And if you read the 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 context of that scripture, you understand more about the gift of the spirit. All right. So next is that. Good. Character gives stability to the operations of the gifts, ensuring that, ensuring, sorry, there's a typo there, but ensuring you stay within the operations of God's government. Um, I omitted the word there. So let me read that again. Character gives stability to the operations of the gifts, meaning that, yes, we have the charismatic expressions, right? The gift of the spirit, the healing, the miracles, anointing, power of God manifesting, which is awesome, but character gives stability to, to those operations. Meaning, if, if somebody has the manifestations of, of, of the gift of the Spirit, if someone has charismatic expressions, but doesn't have character, the person will be an unstable person, right? And the, the, the danger here is that the gift of the Spirit is without repentance. So when God releases his gifts to us, they are without repentance, meaning that he will take them back, okay? And if and the gift of the Spirit can be operated without the character of the Spirit, and just like we saw in the case study of James and John, you can express the manifestations of the Holy Ghost outside of the character of the Holy Ghost. And that is very dangerous because imagine giving a child a gun to hold, for instance, and the child, you know, he's holding a gun. He's a child. He, he's not, he hasn't developed self-control and self-discipline, right? And so maybe the child asks you for a candy and you refuse to give the child the candy. And he says, I want candy. And he said, no, you can't take this candy because you've had so much for today. And the child is holding a gun and out of anger, he shoots. Now, it is the same way the gifts are, right? Even though the child might be operating without control, right? We, you'll be operating without self-control, yet the gun will still work. So it is possible for a believer to demonstrate, to express charismatic dimensions without the control. And yes, those dimensions will still work. And the problem is that there's going to be a problem, obviously, because whatever he expresses will, wouldn't be in the, in, the, in the character of God and it wouldn't be, and whatever is not in the character of God will not eventually result in the advancement of God's kingdom. And that's what James and John were, were about doing. They told Jesus, how will these people reject you? Allah was, let's call down fire from heaven and 
um, they would have called down fire from heaven and destroyed and, and destroyed them, you know. But and that would have been a negative report on the ministry of Jesus. It, it wouldn't have been part of the purposes of God for Jesus' ministries. Because, like we see later in the book of um in the book of John, Jesus Christ came to the came to the city of Samaria and he preached to a Samaritan woman, and the whole city opened up and people received the gospel. So imagine that call down fire, that would have tarnished, I would have, you know, hindered and stopped the work of Christ for that city. So it is possible to operate the gift with that character, and that, but, but it is dangerous. So we need character. Character gives stability to the operations of the gift, making sure that you, you operate within the government of God. So if someone, again, like I said, you can operate the charismatic dimension without the character of God, but what will happen is that you will operate outside of the government of God. And in such cases, God would say, I did not send you. Perfect example is Moses. Moses did not exercise self-discipline when he was angry. And out of his anger, he struck the rock twice. Like I said, again, the, the water poured out. There was a manifestation. They saw water coming out from a rock. And the people, you know, and this is the trick about charismatic expressions. The people did not know that Moses disobeyed God because they were not there when God spoke to Moses. They were not there when God placed, impressed it upon his heart what to do. But the people only saw the manifestations and they were happy. They saw water, they drank, and they were satisfied. But Moses, between Moses and God, Moses had disobeyed God because he did not exercise self-control. That was character, all right? So it's possible, again, to, to manifest um, charisma without character. But when you do so, you go outside of the jurisdictions of God. You go outside of the provisions of God's government. All right? So John chapter 13, verse 25. Someone please read for us if you are there. Let me check my time. Okay. A few minutes and we'll wrap up. John chapter 13, verse 25. Please read quickly if you are there. John chapter 13. Um, hold on, hold on. I think there's a, there's, I mixed, I must have mixed the scripture. Um, let me just check. One minute, one minute, John. Okay. So let us keep that. I think I wrote the wrong scripture. So let's keep that. Anyways, but one illustration that helps, that helps you, that captures these thoughts is the idea of a kite. All right. So, you know, a kite is flying in the air and there's a string you hold with your hand, right? While the kite fly, while the kite flies in the air. Now, the kite is like the charismatic gift. It's, it's all, all around, you know, blowing around, enjoying the wind, you know, having fun up there. But character is like that rope that holds the kite down and holds it stable in one point. If for any reason the rope is let go off, then the kite will flow out into the into the space and it will just be wasted and destroyed. So character is like the rope of that kite that keeps it within a particular um, boundary so that it doesn't fly away into, into destruction. So that's how character is. Character is that rope that keeps the kite of charisma in its proper place, all right? Um, so how about character? What do we say about that? About, about charisma, I beg your pardon. Now we've said, about we've talked about character and how it gives stability and all now on the flip side charisma right charismatic expressions gives proofs and substantiates your message charismatic expressions gives proofs and substantiates your message now 
you know, it, it's almost like walking on two sides of the road, two extremes of the road. There are people that, oh, they are all for character. We just want to, people to see the example of Jesus in our lives, and that's the end. And again, there are people that are all for charis charismatic expressions, want to show power, healing, everything, and then they don't bother about character. Like I said, staying on either extreme is not good. You need both of them to, to represent Christ effectively. Now, when it comes to character, character gives, sorry, charisma, I beg your pardon. Charismatic expressions, the gifts of the spirit, the manifestations of the spirit, they give proof to your message and they substantiate that message, okay? And that's why you see that every time Jesus Christ went to preach, right, he performed miracles with the preaching. After preaching, he performed miracles or before preaching, he performed miracles. Whichever one came first, miracles went along with the preaching, okay? And even when Jesus Christ when um when when the disciples prayed, he said, "Grant that with boldness we'll speak your word, and then signs and wonders will be done in the name of Jesus." Okay, so the charismatic dimension gives validity to the message that you preach. It validates your what you are saying. If you are saying Jesus is Lord, a a a, a sick person doesn't understand your English. The only in, only English the person will understand, or the only message the person will understand at that point is the person being healed. So when you pray and the person is healed, then the person knows experientially that Jesus is Lord. If you meet somebody who is um, who is bound by sickness, all right, or who is bound by some demonic oppression, if you tell the person Jesus is Lord, um, Jesus can save you, he loves you, you are not wrong, but the person doesn't, you cannot validate what you are saying. However, when you demonstrate the power of the Spirit, then you validate the message that you are communicating. So the charismatic expression validates and substantiates the message of our faith. And remember, again, we're talking about being about ambassadors, okay, people representing Christ. So when we go to represent Christ before people, we can't just go with words and talk alone. We, we need to go with power, all right, with demonstrations and expressions of the Spirit of God. So let us read John chapter 5, verse 36. Um, the other references are there, but just for sake of time, we're only going to read John chapter 5, verse 36. 36. He says here, this was Jesus Christ speaking, and he said, um, I have, but I have greater witness than, than that of John, for the works which the Father has given to me, um, given me to finish. He says, the same works that I do bear witness of me that the Father has sent me. Let me add verse 37. And the Father, <clears throat> and the Father himself, which had sent me, had borne witness of me. He says, You neither hear his voice at any time nor see his image. I know I said I was going to read one more one verse, but please let me add one more. Um, chapter 14, the same book of John, chapter 14, verse 11. See what Jesus Christ said. He says, believe me that I am in the Father. So Jesus Christ was trying to convince these people that he was in the Father. But it seemed like they were not believing. So he said, believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. Or else, believe me for the very work's sake. Meaning he was saying that, I'm trying to convince you that I am in the Father, and the, and the Father is in me. However, if that one, if my, my, my grammar is not convincing you, okay, look at the works, look at the manifestations, look at the healings, the, the deliverances, look at the raising from the dead, look at turning water to wine, look at feeding 5,000 5, people, look at the work that I do, and then believe those works. So some people will never believe your message if there's no manifestation of the Spirit. And that is the real truth. If there's no expression of the Spirit of God, some people will not, your message will not be validated because especially when you're dealing with intelligent people, they'll want to refute it, try to quote something, try to bring some, some historic perspective, try to bring some philosophical view. 
The only way you can solve those that argument is by manifesting the spirit, all right? So the charismatic dimension is important in this regard. So let's continue. Um, I think we have two more, two more points and then we're done, I believe so. So character, and I, I said here, character without, sorry, without the development of character, you will be an unproductive witness or, or a Christian, okay? Without the development of character, you'll be an unproductive Christian or you'll be an unproductive witness. And how do I know this? Let us read 2 Peter chapter 1. Please, somebody read for us from the NLT. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 4 to 9. 2 Peter chapter 1. Um, I'm trying to open it here, but please, if you are there, read for me. Um, so read for us, please. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 4 to 9 from the NLT um, New Living Translation. So, should please come to our rescue. Anyone there? Anyone there? Second Peter chapter 1, verse 4 to 9. All right. And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. In view of all this, make every effort to respond to God's promises. Supplement your faith with a generous provision of moral excellence and moral excellence with knowledge, mm -hmm. and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with patience, with patient endurance, and patient endurance with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love for everyone. The more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But those who fail to develop in this way are short-sighted or blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their old sins. Thank you very much. Um, let me just run a quick summary on this. Um, Pete, verse 4 explains to us that God has given us so great and mighty promises. In fact, it says that through these promises, we are partakers of divine nature. We can be partakers of his divine nature. And that's powerful. That's exciting. That's, that is great to hear, all right? But he now goes on to say that in verse, to say in verse 5 that don't just stop at that. But add to, to this knowledge, add, add some things. And it begins to list, it says, add moral excellence, meaning your morality should be, should be sound. Um, add moral excellence, add knowledge. Some versions say understanding. It says, add self-control. And he goes on to list. And the things he lists out are predominantly characters. Their character, they, they fall under character, um, char character qualities or character development. And then in verse 10, verse, no, no, not verse 10, sorry. Verse 8. Right, he says that the more you grow like this, what does he mean? He says, the more you grow in this manner, what is the manner? The manner of, of, of building your character in addition to your charismatic expressions. He says, the more you grow like this, you will be, you'll be productive in your faith. So a believer that does not have character will be unproductive in his faith, okay? Because there'll be a lot of manifestations, a lot of signs, but no, they won't believe your message because your lifestyle doesn't re reflect that of Christ. So you, you, you'll be an unproductive witness. Yes, you may get people healed. Yes, you may get people saved, but they will follow your footsteps because your, your character does not represent that of Christ. All right? So without the development of character, you'll be an unproductive um, Christian. Also, what this means is that 
without character, your the demonstration of your gifts would be would be counterproductive because the gifts of God are given for us to. Uh, okay, well, I'm jumping the gun now, but let me just state it. The gifts of God are given to us to minister to others, to reach out to others. But when our character is deficient, then we, we, it it blocks people from even receiving the gift that God has you God has given to us to minister to others. Do you know what I mean? Meaning that, for instance, God has given us. Let's say someone has the gift of healing, but he doesn't have character. He doesn't have self control. So anyway, he, he gets angry easily, and then he gets angry at his at his colleague. Any small thing gets angry. Everybody in the office knows he's a, he's a hot tempered man. And then there's a colleague that ought to be healed with that gift that God has given him. But he wants to go and pray for the person. But the colleague says, no, you that any small thing you get angry, you don't come and pray for me. I will not receive your prayer. So the gift that was meant to, to, to be a blessing to the colleague is not a blessing because his character has blocked, blocked that. So he's an unproductive believer, right? So that's that on character. And charisma, I said here that without charismatic expressions of the faith, you'll be an ineffective witness or an ineffective Christian, okay? Without charismatic expressions of the Spirit, you'll be an ineffective um, witness or an ineffective Christian. And um, how do I know this? Acts chapter 1 verse 8, we'll read it now. Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says, says that you shall receive power. It says, when the Holy Ghost comes upon you, and you shall be my witnesses, meaning the way God designed for us to be witnesses for him is to be witnesses with power. So if there's no charismatic expressions, we'll be ineffective as witnesses. We will have all the right things to say. We will have all the all the correct things to say, but there'll be no, no proof. Like I said earlier, there'll be no um, um, validation to our message, okay? And that will make us ineffective. And that is why Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 4 to 5, again, Paul said that, when I came to you, I did not come with, with enticing words of man's wisdom, so that, um, and, but, but rather I came with the demonstration of spirit and power. So I didn't come with talk, talk, talk. I came with demonstration of spirit and power, charismatic expressions. And the reason why he, he, he came that way is because he didn't want their faith to lie in the wisdom of man, meaning he could actually come with, with you know, intellectual discourse, right, to speak to them. But he said that would be, that would be ineffective. He says, rather, I want that your faith will rest in the power of God. So the charismatic expressions give validity to the message we preach. And without them, we will be ineffective in our faith. That's why Acts chapter 4, verse 33, I'm going to read this one. Acts chapter 4, verse 33. Um, I know we'll soon be done. Please give me a couple of minutes. Let me just tie this up and finish. Acts chapter 4, verse 33 says, And with great power gave the apostles witness, of the resurrection of Jesus Christ and grace, great, great grace was upon them. So the apostles gave witness that Jesus Christ was raising, raising from the dead. And the way they did that was with great power. So the charismatic expressions allow us to be effective in our witnessing. And without them, we will be ineffective. All right. Um, so I think this is the last one. So I said the development of character is, is in the private. And um, let me add also that it is not always the easiest process. Because God will allow us most times to go through situations that that may be difficult on our flesh, right? So that is so that certain character can be built and developed within us. If we read James chapter one, he says, "When you count it all joy when you go through trials and, and temptations, he says, because the working of your the testing of your faith, okay, produces patience." Um, some version says perseverance. 
And he says, let patience finish her work so that you can be mature, lacking nothing. So when God builds character in us, it's not usually the easiest process. And most times it happens um, internally. So what God, the, char the, the character or the, or the fruit of the spirit that God is trying to develop in your life may be at, uh, for a particular season, may be different from what he's working on in my own life. And I may not know what, what God is doing in your life. You may not know what God is doing in my life. And it's personal, okay? For someone, God is trying to, to make you a more generous person. And so when, when, let's say, money comes into your hand or do give you gifts, God will immediately press your heart to give it out. And you, almost, you, you cringe on the inside. It will feel like a, a trial. It will be a tough thing for you to do. But every time you yield to that process, that character begins to shape within you. That character begins to develop within you. The fruit of the spirit. For someone, you are hot-tempered. You don't have patience. And any small thing, you give it back. In fact, you boast and you say, you, like they say in Pigeon in, in Nigeria, my mouth sharp, where, where. You just say it back to the person. Anything person says, you respond that way. And then God begins to work on your character of self-control. He now says, when this person talks, don't respond. When anything you finish saying, just say, thank you very much. Thank you for the feedback. Even though your heart, you are boiling hot, but he says, don't respond. So that development is a personal, personal work of the Holy Spirit within you, okay? But charisma, on the other hand, is an expression of the Spirit that is for public um, service, okay? Meaning when charisma is expressed, it is for public service. It is, it is beneficial for, to people on the outside. Charisma is not just something you... The charismatic expressions were not meant for you to, to enjoy your house alone, no. When the Holy Ghost manifests himself, right, he manifests it so that people can benefit. And if you read 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7, the NLC says that um, the manifestations of the give, uh, Spirit are given so that everyone can benefit, benefit from each other. Okay, so when we express the Holy Spirit, you know, um, outwardly, it's so that the other person can benefit. And when other people express it, it's so that we also can benefit from that. All right? So praise God. Um, I think this is... Good. So this is my concluding slide. And in conclusion, I said here that true maturity is revealed by how character influences the display of charisma. And this is very helpful. So let me take that again. True maturity is revealed by how character influences the display of charisma. So in the case of um, James and John, you know, the case study we gave earlier, Chara um, maturity would have been reflected by, by, by them controlling themselves to say, we're not going to call down fire in this place. And by the way, Jesus Christ himself knew he could call down fire, but he didn't call down fire. That was, that was true maturity was showing them. When, when the, the character of the spirit influences the way you use the gift of the spirit, okay, that is true maturity. So if you see somebody, you know, calling down fire, doing a lot of miracles and all of that, but does he have character? That is not the... It, that's not the test of maturity, okay? True maturity is shown when your character can influence the way you manifest your, the charisma. All right, so we're going to stop here. We're out of time. And thank you guys so much for waiting um, to the end of this, but um, we've come to an end. So we're going to take one question and two contributions. Um, if there are no questions, then we'll take two, two, contri two you know, contributions of what we've learned. Hi, good evening, everybody. I have a Hi, question. All right, go ahead, please. So, um, are we supposed to have more of one than the other, or is it supposed to be like a 
charismatic character or we're supposed to have more of one than the other one? Okay, so I, I don't see it in terms of, so when you ask this question like this, um, it brings comparison, right? Um, but, but they are not to be compared. So basically saying they are not supposed to have one more than the other or 50-50. It's, it's almost like saying, let me ask you a question. Should you breathe in more or should you breathe out more? The answer to that is every time you every time you breathe in. Okay, please go ahead. Um, are you an answer us? Should you breathe no. in more? <laughs> That's a good question. I never thought about it, but I'm supposed to breathe equal, like moderately, equally, not more of the other one. Exactly. And then there are times when you need to breathe in. In fact, there are times when you take a deep, deep breath, and there are times when you need to breathe out or exhale extensively. So that's exactly how they work, right? They both have their unique purposes. And um, we should we should have them in well for com- if I if you if I'm if I'm compelled to compare then I'll say have them in equal measure. Yes, please. Uh, okay, any question again? Uh, question, question. We are running out of time. Question, question. Okay, no question. I assume no question. I am assuming. But please, if you have questions. You can yeah, drop it in the WhatsApp group. We'll answer them anytime you drop them. Uh, you can send them privately to me or anything like that. Okay? So what have we learned today as we wrap up? Just tell us one thing. Two people will tell us one thing you learned today um, as we conclude. Anyone wants to volunteer for us? One thing you learned today that you're going home with. Yeah, go well, ahead. for me, for me, it will yeah. be the answer to my question. Not realizing that, you know, it should not have to be m- more of the other one. In example, how we breathe, we should equally be yoked on both aspects in our lives. Awesome, awesome, awesome! Thank you very much for that. All right, one more person. One thing you learned today um, that you take home with. Also remember that what you, I mean, what you shared will also bless me and bless others. So please feel free to share it. One thing you learned today. Praise God. Hallelujah. Okay, so um, what I learned is that in witnessing, like in evangelizing to people, your character and charisma um, goes a long way. And there was something you said about Lot and how even though he was a righteous man and mm-hmm. how, okay, I think we read a scripture and how um, Jesus was talking about miracles in Capernaum and then comparing yeah. it to Sodom. So yeah, so if he was a man that had character, okay, he was a man that had character, yeah, but if he had charisma to his character, probably will be able to effectively um, engage in his um Ministry of Reconciliation, like we learned last week properly. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so as ambassadors and representatives of Christ are supposed to, to be able to um, represent Christ, we're supposed to have um, both measures and awesome. operate in both measures. Awesome, awesome. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for that. Um, should I give one more person one chance? One more person, one more person. Ian, good, I evening, good evening. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, 
So I I I understand and I've read the scripture about um, being unproductive, and that's one um, passage that really touches touches me anytime I read it. And I also like how you said that without her charisma, we would be ineffective. But um, <laughs> a, let me some some let me just make that statement to you know somebody who didn't attend this study, and the person is like, what's the difference between unproductivity and inefficiency? So like, now I was just trying to answer that question. Yes. And I found that I, I, so I understand, I don't know how to explain you know when you understand something, but you, so I, I, I like to, I, that's how I learn. Like, I like to um, repeat things to myself and ask myself to explain it to like a layman. And if I find out that I can't really explain it to a layman, even when I understand it, I like to still ask for clarification. So if someone just meets you and says, what's the difference between unproductivity in your Christian work with God? inefficiency in your Christian work with God, how would you answer the question? Mm, okay, okay. I, 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 I admit I didn't think of it deeply in this, in the way you pointed out. But um, off the top of my head, I could say that unproductive means you will not produce, you will not produce, well, I, I guess eventually they overlap and they mean the same thing, but unproductive means you will not produce results. Right, meaning that if the, the aim for which you are evangelizing would not be accomplished, right? So you not produce results. Ineffective means that it will not get to the I mean part, part of my, my explanation now, but it will not get to the destination or to it will not have the impact it was intended to have. Right. So oh, one says yeah. you will not produce the results, and the other will say you will not have the impact it was meant to have. Right. Okay. Yeah, so um, uh, you know, just as we were talking as well, something just occurred mm -hmm. to me, like producing has to do with bearing fruit, right? Um, Jesus yep. said, abide in me. If you abide in me, you bear much fruit. So mm -hmm. basically, unproductivity is a state where you are not bearing fruit. Mm -hmm. a, do you understand? Like, you're you you just not bearing fruit. Yes, you are a Christian, but there are no fruits. And if you truly abide in Christ, um, somehow your character will be built. That is when the fruit of the Spirit can be expressed. So unproductivity is a state of not bearing it. Like you say, the tree is unproductive. It means it's not producing fruit. Inefficiency, on the other hand, means that you cannot win souls for Christ. Mm -hmm. Right. Basically, good, good. like nobody is, nobody like, yeah, you're not effective. So I, I, if, if I take a medicine, if the medicine is going to be effective, that means I should get better. So as mm -hmm. a Christian, the reason why I'm here is to draw that to Christ. So if I'm not doing that, I am not effective, basically. I'm not having any effect on people in yeah. drawing them to Christ. Yeah, yeah. Thank you very much for the understanding. Thank you very much for it. All right. So we're going to stop here. Um, just before we pray, um, I have a couple of announcements for us. So I'm going to drop, I'm just going to drop them in the chat right um first is that we have moved the dates for our fiscal meeting so for those of us that were not here last week we announced that we're going to have a fiscal meeting in um this month right in lagos state um we initially slated it for 12th of 12th of this month right that should be this coming saturday 
But um, there's you know one or two rumors here and there, and for security reasons, we're going to move it to the following week. So the new date will be 19th. That's the week. The next up next week Saturday, basically. So 19th of June is our new date for the meeting. Um, for the meeting, right? We would just want to have an idea of how many people are coming, so we can adequately prepare for that. So please register with the link here. I, what I sent to the group number one, register for that. Register using the link for the fiscal meeting. Number two is that we're still collecting feedback. Please, if you haven't sent your feedback, um, um, please do so. Uh, if you notice, we, we, said, we started using slides for Bible study. And by the way, since we're more today, let me ask us, how many of us you know, loved the slides? If, you, if it helped you participate better, you can just give a thumbs up or drop it in the chat so I know. But yeah, the slides idea was a feedback we got from, from you know, one of us. So please do so and please send feedback. Please fill the form and send feedback. We're, we're open to that. Um, next is that we have an Instagram page. Just in case you do not know, on Instagram, we are online Bible underscore community. So please follow us on Instagram and um, let's grow our, our, our presence online. And also we have, we post, you know, Bible study, uh, Bible study excerpts, right? And other information there. And then lastly, our podcast is available to listen to previous sessions. And also, if in case you miss any session, you can go back and listen to it or re-listen to a particular session. So please do well to go on our podcast channel and, and get that. So the link for that is bit.ly forward slash OBC podcast. That is there in the group chat as number four. All right. Thank you again once, um, once again, everyone, for joining us. Let's say a word of prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you and we're grateful for teaching us this evening. We thank you for the presence of your spirit. Thank you for all trans. Thank you for understanding, illumination, and insight. Lord, we ask that you help us to be effective representatives of, of you on the earth. Let us be accurate ambassadors of you. Help us to possess both character and charisma in our work with you in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father. We declare um, um, this week blessed. When we meet next week, we'll have testimonies, insight into your word, manifestations of your spirit, and testimonies of how you use us to bless others in Jesus' mighty name. We have prayed. Amen. Amen. All right, guys. Have a blessed um, afternoon or evening or morning, depending on where you are. We'll have a blessed day. All right. See you next week. Same time, same all right. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night.